Welcome back to another episode of the Erickson Brothers podcast, where we talk about the returns of life's investments, and uh, we talk about the questions that we don't know the answers to. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to dive back into some of the core principles we talk about here, being the four F's, being faith, family, fitness, and finances. And uh, we're going to go over some some exciting new stuff. I got a, I got a lot of stuff I want to be able to pick your brain about, Matt. How's your week going so far? It's good. I think this is the second time we've done this in the middle of the week. So, uh, again, just finding myself in a, in a different mindset than I would be on a, on a Sunday night when we usually record. So I'm excited. Um, and uh, we'll see what this week brings. Cool. Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's definitely do it. So I went to Texas, as I mentioned on the last pod, I went to Texas for a short stint, short 24 hour stint. And I had a great time in Texas, but one question. Um, so I went with my grandpa, right. And we were visiting my grandpa's sister for context for mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. And she's <laughs> ready to pass away, but she's still very sharp. Like she's still, she's like recalling memories from like, 50 mm-hmm. years ago, she knew where she lived. She remembered addresses. She remembered names. Like she remembered all that. And mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, uh, I asked her the question that Lewis House asks at the end of every single podcast he does, which is if you couldn't leave behind anything, right? You couldn't leave behind any relationships, any memories, any physical things, mm-hmm. right? All you had to do, all you were able to do is uh, just leave behind three pieces of advice. You could only have three pieces of advice. What would those three pieces of advice be? So you kind of have to like wrap up your whole legacy within these three things. Um, so I'm curious for you, Matt, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you can put yourself in the frame of uh-huh. a six-year-old man and you've accomplished uh-huh. everything you want to accomplish, You've mm-hmm. lived the life of your dreams, right? You have the incredible family. You have uh, you have the business. You have yeah. every success you you've dreamed of, right? Mm-hmm. And your your grandson asks you for the same question, right? What's mm-hmm. your response? Wow. Well, I guess I'm I'm glad I'm not 96 because I don't really have anything too profound. I think the the one thing that comes to mind immediately is just work work harder than everyone else and like that honestly like that that I think that has gotten me this far in life and I think it it well again we'll see I, I we always say this on the pod but our answers might change over time but if you can work, working hard has gotten me a lot of things. It's opened a lot of doors. And that's just one of those things where I, I've controlled what I can control is my work ethic and the the effort I put in. Uh, on top of that, I would say just treat people well and uh, like just love them. Um, I uh, th- This past weekend, I was able to uh bring a bunch of friends together that didn't really know each other and uh there's college friends high school friends current roommates and they've all like slowly gotten to know each other over the past 
few weeks since a lot of them are in New York. They're all in New York City. Uh, but I did a dinner with uh, 11 of us. Um, and I like made the reservation and just got everyone together. And I just uh, loved just being able to, to do that with all my friends. So work hard and love people, I think, are, are my two things right now. And uh, at 24 years old, I guess I have the remaining 72 years to figure out the last one. So <laughs> that's 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 where I'm at. Love it, love it. Um, so I I already heard her answer, and I'll share I'll share what she says at 96. Um, but if I were, well, I, I'm gonna guess that she says, pray every day, trust in the Lord. And I don't know what her third would be, but I, I'm thinking her two, two of them are a lot like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. So number one was have your destination set in heaven and on the faith and hope of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So that was number one. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is approach every situation in your life with integrity as mm -hmm. that is the number one thing you can have when you approach any situation is integrity. Uh, she talked about like relationships with your spouse, relationships in business, relationships with your friends, all that. And then number three, she just mentioned how just like important relationships are in general and how that's really what you want at the end of your life is you just want good relationships. Um, wow. So I kind of was on, I was close with the, like kind of spot on with one of them. Yeah. Like, or at least we were similar. Like treat people well, have good relationships. Like that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that's it is, cool. It is, it is interesting thinking of like, if you could only leave behind, like if, if your whole legacy was wrapped around like three things you could mention. Um, and I really like looking at it from that perspective, especially people that aren't, where they have to answer that question, where they're like on their deathbed and they are answering that question. I like putting yourself in that mindset because um, it really makes you think of what's important in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it does. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it definitely guides. Yeah, hopefully it guides your, your future decisions. Yeah. I mean, ideally. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what would you say? Um, I would say number one, no, that um, I would say the most important thing is that you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that um, that's literally the most important decision you can ever make in your life is accepting him into your heart. Um, number two, I would say as of right now, I would say um, just having having being optimistic towards the future and mm -hmm. expecting things to go your way in life. Um, because what they'll do is they'll allow you to take chances that you are unsure about and they'll allow you to um, make, make investments that you don't know the outcomes to. Right. And if you aren't optimistic, then you maybe you won't take those chances because you don't think they're going to go your way. And if you don't take those chances, you're you're not going to have a chance for a big return. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've really seen in my life is just being optimistic about 
all the uncertainties that I have going on. And then number three, I think what it's going to be for me is to find one woman and to not focus on chasing girls. Um, because I think at least my personality, I could, I could go out every single night of the week and I could, um, love, love spending time at the bar and I could love like chasing girls. Um, that's for me, that could take up a lot of my time if I let it. Um, yeah. And I know that like, yeah, I mean, anybody, uh, anybody could. Right. And I know for me that yeah. like, um, I tell people that I'm in a relationship and I have a girlfriend and like, even as like simple as that is, is it allows me to kind of focus, um, and, not have to go go around chasing because i mean it's it could be a time suck really yeah yeah i would i would say as somebody who does not as a as a single single and ready to mingle individual in new york city uh someone who doesn't have that one person it does take a lot of time uh to like chase after girls but like if you don't if if you don't chase then like nothing's going to change um right well obviously that's, that's obviously like, that's necessary. <laughs> yeah well obviously you need to be looking in the right places but like if i were to sit in my room all day i would not meet anybody you know worthy of so yeah right so it's it's uh, but it is it is tempting, um, like going to bars and uh, having fun and all that. So I think the I mean, the, well, some people can get caught up in that for like 10, 15, 20 years of their whole life. You know, you can you can be like a 45 year old man, like 45 year old divorced guy that's still caught up in the chase, you know, and that can that can really get yeah. your life. And I've yeah. seen examples of that of even people we know that are close in our lives. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I yeah, I I think full disclosure, I am uh, I, I'm in the in the in the chase. I think what I mean by chase and what you mean by chase is it might be a little bit different because uh, you have a girlfriend. Um, but the um there is that i i don't know what will happen with the my future relationships uh hitting a hitting a roadblock but anyway let's move on yeah cool so um yeah first thing um uh, first kind of topic of the day um I had another interesting conversation on my way back from Texas, but I can share that um, after if, if there's nothing like, do you have any? Let's just keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling with what you had. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, coming back from Texas on the airplane, um, my grandpa and I, we were talking about real estate and he was talking about how um, he was a loan officer for a long time and that he did workouts in real estate. And I didn't even know what a workout was. So like I was asking mm -hmm. about it and he was telling me basically how workouts happen when like 
commercial real estate companies, like a commercial, an owner of a company defaults on their real estate loan, yeah. their mortgage. Um, they have to refinance and they can't pay the interest rate, whatever it is. Um, and the guy sitting next to us was a VP of a real estate brokerage in San Diego. And he was in charge of the workout division of mm -hmm. real estate. And that wasn't something I knew at all. Like I didn't even know the term workouts. Uh, yeah. We have a, we have a, uh, we're, we're doing a workout or a few people on our team are doing a workout for a company right now. Okay. So yeah. What's, what's uh, your understanding of what a workout is? Uh, it, like you were saying, it's, it's basically when you go, when either the the company or the asset goes into into bankruptcy, it's basically determining who gets what in default. Hmm. Like where you fall, like where different uh, lenders or different, um, yeah, yeah, the different lenders fall in the capital structure and allocating the value of the assets that have defaulted but they still have some value and now they belong to the lenders and it's dividing that up that's my understanding yeah yeah Is i mean that, that sounds like what he did um mm -hmm. and i was like i was curious like i was picking his brain i was like one question i asked him i was like what's something uh that's really intriguing right now in the real estate industry that i might not know and he goes in 2008 the housing market crashed because of the subprime mortgage bonds and um, the banks not being able to like, mm -hmm. like the banks qualifying people that really weren't able to take on a mortgage. And he goes after 2008, they put in all these regulations for like um, how much like debt to equity ratios for mortgages and uh, all these mm -hmm. different percentages to make sure 2008 would never happen again for the yeah. banks. And he goes, one thing that's really fascinating is if you look at the commercial real estate side right now, and even the residential side is private equity companies are now buying up mortgages and reselling them. And he goes, there's not nearly as many regulations around private equity companies. And he goes, the way I see it, it's going to be another bomb. And he, he used the word bomb. And I'm like, whoa. And he goes, yeah, because all these companies are going to have to refinance. And um, these private equity companies don't have as much regulation on how they can repackage stuff and he goes it's it's scary to look at and um, that's coming from a vp of a real estate company and i thought that was kind of cool i don't know well, cool, yeah I, I thought it was crazy <laughs> that i mean yeah that uh, that is a, a a big portion of my job is, is doing coverage for uh, we provide lending to private equity companies so uh as a as working for the bank we provide lending to the companies and my team uh in these deals is part of we're the syndication team so we'll underwrite the lending portion to the private equity company and then we syndicate that debt and we package it uh or we sell it to other banks and uh other banks have this function. We don't, but other banks can sell the debt to institutions, and they're uh, and that is made up of 
collateralized loan obligations. And in 2008, it was collateralized mortgage obligations. So the, the CMO version in 2008 is now the CLO in 2023. And you have these uh, different portions. Uh, it, it's basically percentages of debt for private equity companies that the banks and the private equity companies have sold off of their books onto uh, to other banks or to uh, institutions. And then the institutions package them up, sell them as a collateralized multiple loan obligation. And it trades, uh, has a secondary trading and trades like a, a bond or a stock on a market with supply and demand economics. So do you, it's, do, people, uh, do people at your company, are they, are they worried about what's happening with the market right now? What, what do you, well, the, well, uh, so 2021 and 2020 was huge for these collateralized loan obligations. Cause that's when private equity took off. Money was cheap. Valuations went sky high. Companies piled on debt and sold off these <clears throat> these collateralized loan obligations, and as a as basically free money. So you had all these uh, just an insane amount of supply of this like secondary traded asset uh, that was a loan, collateralized loan, and now as interest rates have risen. A lot of uh, issuance is going down because it's more expensive, and that is affecting the secondary trading of these collateralized loan obligations, and people are pulling money out of the leveraged loan market is what they call it. Uh, leveraged meaning like poorly rated, um, not investment grade. It's not treasury. It's high yield. Uh, or junk, or even lower rated than that. Uh, and the, the leveraged loan market is is seeing effects for the first time of what it what it will look like to exist in a high interest rate environment. And the I I still think the effects are uh, still have yet to be. They're they're pending. They're they're pending. Uh, because we're still like the 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 tidal wave of the five percent interest rates hasn't really hit. They like the Fed funds has risen it, and you saw one with SVB collapse, and like that led to like a little bit of a repricing. But I still think there will be secondary effects, and as long as the Fed keeps interest rates high. I think it'll be really interesting to see what these leveraged loans and these collateralized loan obligations happen. Um, and that, um, because uh, a lot of them, like there's actually one in the market last week called Citrix, um, one a few weeks ago, uh, Twitter, Nielsen Holdings, all these are, uh, they're called, um, what what they're called now is called hung LBOs. So uh, because the debt is hung on the balance sheet of these banks and they can't sell it because 
the private so like in Citrix, it's like bought out by this pri private equity company. Banks take on the debt, uh, or like the Twitter thing. Like all these banks, like went into this Twitter deal right with Elon, and then they weren't able to sell off that debt. You following? I'm following. So they they held the debt on this balance sheet, and with this Citrix deal, which was like a multi billion dollar deal. It was the market was pretty uh, good for timing last night. So they finally, or not last night, last week. So the market, these banks that were holding the debt that they officially hadn't given up any losses on it, but they knew they were going to last week, they finally sold it for a deep, deep discount when they were selling these at like par or close to par, like maybe 98 Origin off original issue discount or 99. Now they're selling it at like 60 or 70 and the bank's taking. So they're, they're, each, taking, they're taking a huge loss. Each bank is taking millions and millions of dollars of loss. Uh, but they did it last week because they're like, okay, we can get 65, but maybe next week you can only get 60. And in a month from now, maybe we're only able to get 50. So all these banks kind of like finally bit the bullet and wow. and took all these losses and finally wrote it off their balance sheet. But up until then, it was they're just hung. The debt was hung on the balance sheet and they didn't have anywhere to put it because no one was willing to buy it. So it's kind of just sitting on the balance sheet and just and just slowly like going down in value. And then when the market hit that like yeah. plateau or a little bit of like a uptick they sold it and they sold it to investors who are willing to take their the investors who are willing to like package it into a CLF. this the investors were willing to buy the the debt i don't know exactly what it went for let's say it went for 70 so they can buy 70 cents or they can buy a dollar's worth of debt for 70 cents and is it worth 70 cents? Is it worth a dollar? Is it worth less than that? Like, because it's, so. it's backed by a company, right? And based on the value of the debt, is it like if the company is going to be able to like do well? Is that kind of what it's dependent on? It's, it's, well, anything with anything, value is based on like what people decide it to have value, you know, like, well, so, so let's, let's play this out for like Twitter, for example, like, so Twitter needed to raise money. So they issue bonds, they did. right? So like, let's, let's break this down for the, it the wasn't the bond on finance majors, right? So like Twitter needs money, right? So Elon, Elon Musk bought out Twitter, right? Right. And he used debt to finance it and he used uh bank debt to finance it. And, I don't know the exact numbers and it was a few months ago. So if uh, 50, billion, our, 50 billion or something like that, it was like 40, I think it was 44 billion. So all these banks jump on the deal. They're like, Oh, Elon's great. He's going to go to the moon. He's got SpaceX. He's got Tesla. We're going to value Twitter. We're going to value this thing at 44 billion. All these huge banks like bank of America, JP Morgan, um wells fargo they all jump on it and throw money at elon musk and he starts doing all these weird things 
and then the value of Twitter loses, it goes down. And because of that, the the debt, it eats into the debt portion of the buyout, mm. this le leverage buyout. And the debt is not, and the debt is on these banks' balance sheets as, as a liability. And they don't know what to do with it um, because they thought they were going to be able to sell it to institutions or um, other or in the bank market and uh, weren't able to until they priced it down, until they kept on knocking the price down, until an investor or for example, an investor said, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy the a hundred, the, the, we'll say $10 million worth of debt for 8 million bucks. And like it, and the, the risk in that is that, the value goes below eight million or what have you. So, yeah. Uh, well, wow. yeah. So there's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of, a lot of layers to it. A lot of layers to it, and, and I'm, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I got all the details correct, but yeah, uh, I think, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. So how, how could it? for somebody for somebody listening in that is let's say it's somebody that's early in their career right they're mm -hmm. just getting their uh their business off the ground or they're just getting their career built and they don't have much money let's say the economy does take a turn for the worst in the next one to two years like it's predicted um how do we change how we invest our money like what would you say well i'm not a financial advisor um disclosure but just disclosure, make yeah, sure. Full disclosure, I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor. Uh, but what's in what has been interesting the past quarter is that Bitcoin has slowly risen back up to 30k, and that really hasn't been know, that, and no one really talked about that. But it's one of those things that it's just like a you need to look where no one else is looking. And it honestly might be uh, like just safe, safe assets, um, corporate bonds like Starbucks, Apple, like things like that, like investment grade bonds that are going to pay a coupon and will trade um, in the market that you can hold um, or like a, a three like a, a three month treasury or a six month treasury or one month treasury or one year treasury whatever whatever it is like those are safer investments that will guarantee you a very low rate of return but um, it, it's it's safe and when the, in the market when people keep talking about hard landings in, from the economy and rates for longer and all this speak of a recession like at the end of the day you'd probably have you you, you probably want five percent return on your money over negative 20 percent or negative 50 percent uh so it's not flashy it's not exciting but that's also what the fed is trying to do they're trying to get money out of these 
collateralized loan obligations or trying to get money out of tech startups or trying to get money from just being thrown around, tossed around willy nilly. Uh, and they're trying to bring investors down down the yield curve to safer places. So that could be savings accounts, it could be CDs, could be corporate bonds, could be ET it could be ETFs of corporate bonds. Uh, it could be value stocks, uh, whether that in healthcare or uh, like just durable, durable consumer goods. So, uh, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of, a lot of places you can put your money, but also, from some for somebody, who's just starting out in your career, like I I wouldn't pay attention to trying to time the market, in terms of trying to like put your money in like the perfect time. Like I'm not going to reallocate any of my 401k investing because mm -hmm. I know I'm not, I don't need it in a year or two years. I'm going to want that in, in, in 40 years. So, yeah. Um, and so it's, it's hard not to uh, pull your money out, but like, that's what, you, you need to look the other way in investing and like when when everybody is fearful you need to be greedy when greedy, greedy fearful yeah when everybody's greedy you need to be fearful so that's that's warren buffett right there right that's warren buffett so right now we're in a time of it, it it's it like the, the right market now we're in a time, i would say we're in a time of fearfulness i would say i mean I don't, know. I don't i think we're i think the market is still greedy uh, i really do i think that the market is still thinking and they take any small thing that the fed presidents say and they are any any dovish tone that the fed the president of the federal reserve bank of kansas city is going to say and they're going to run with that until the next fomc meeting which is this week so the market is still like very ignorant towards the fact that Powell has said rates higher for longer, 2% inflation, like yada, yada, yada. Like this thing, the market is still like, oh, they're going to start lowering in end of 2023. But inflation is still at 5%, which is more than two and a half times what the Fed wants it at. And in my opinion, with lots of things like what's going to, what got us, what got the Federal Reserve from 8% down to 5% is not going to be what gets them from 5% to 2%. Like in anything, like uh, I've said this before, but the jump to 80, 85 to 90 is not going to be, doing the same things is not going to get you from 90 to 95. Like the, the way you make your first 100,000 is not going to be the way you you make your, second hundred thousand or like your first your, or your first million like you're always going to be having to adapt to the situation and what worked in the past isn't necessarily going to work in the future so i still think that drone drone pal keeps rates higher for longer and he and he doesn't lower at the end of 2023 which is what the market is pricing in right now and he keeps them higher for longer and he sticks to that 2% inflation because when there's a, there's a chance that the 
market plummets and we're at 3% inflation. And Powell says, well, still too high. <laughs> Keep it higher for longer. Or we're at 4%. And people are, people are still doubting whether he really means 2%. And I think he does. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think the, there, there's a lot to digest. Um, but that's, that's kind of my take on it, um, which is probably a little bit more skeptical than some people, but. There's a lot of play, a lot of play. Um, well, that was quite the deep dive we kind of did into, uh, <laughs> corporate finance and the, the overarching macroeconomic realm. Um, sweet. So let's, let's do a 180 pivot for a quick, a quick subject to talk about. Um, give me, give me a random conversation you had this past week or somebody that you met mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. any random coincidence that you had, like first thing that comes to your mind over the past week. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, listening to a lot of uh, lecture or not lectures, a lot of sermons. Um, uh, one, the church I go to on Sunday uh, here in New York City, I always listen to that uh, and Flatirons. And uh, I've now listened to about five or six sermons from this church in Texas called Harris Creek. Um, and a lot of them, the, the, uh, I keep on hearing this theme around prayer and how important that is. So, uh, I've been, um, reflecting on that and, uh, attempting, uh, to pray more in my own life and, uh, what, I think that, and that has just started with just being grateful for everything that I do have and um, all, the, all, all the opportunities I've been given and the opportunities I, I, I will have in the future. So, yeah, uh, I, I like that. One, uh, one thing my pastor told me to do when I was talking to him about like how I pray in the mornings, how I like want to be intentional about trying to spend some time with God. And he says, when you journal, he says, put, he goes like, put Jeff and then write out your prayer and then put God and then put your pen down and then listen and mm -hmm. listen to what God's trying to say. And he goes, it's like a muscle. You got to work on it. You got to build it up. But, um, God will begin to start to tell you things. Right. Especially mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's inside of you. God will start to tell you things, but he goes, put your pen down and just try to listen. And mm -hmm. I was like, all right, like, how do I know if it's coming from God or if it's just what I want God to say to me? Right. I was like, how do I know? It's just not what I would want mm -hmm. God to say. And he goes, know that if it's anything, um, he goes, that's why you have to, one, that's why you have to read the Bible so that you know what God does recommend. Like you got to know how God speaks and like the characteristics. Mm -hmm. God, but um, he goes, God will talk in like a, a quiet, subtle voice. And he'll he'll be very direct with what he has to say. But it's like quiet and subtle. And I really like that. 
Um, so that's that's one thing I've been implementing is just mm-hmm. like a chat. Like I say this, what do I hear God say? I respond, I listen, what do I hear God say? So that's that's what I've been doing. Interesting. Yeah, my, I guess my my uh, initial reaction is uh, I, I've got two things. One, one of the things that the that the pastor on Sunday talked about was how a mature Christian. There's like three stages um, as a Christian. You have like your baby Christian, your adolescent Christian, and your mature Christian. And he was referencing C.S. Lewis, who talked about Christians in this way. And he just talked about the um, Christians in this way through a, a parable with, with corn. Uh, but he was talking about how the there are times in a in in Christians' lives when they're it's like a, a spiritually dry time. And mm-hmm. it's just like you're you're committed to the faith. You're praying, you're reading, but God's not God's not answering. And the the pastor is get, getting at is that he's testing your commitment and you're growing in your commitment to God in that way because the relationship is based on a commitment, not a feeling. Um, because it, like when, when we become Christians, we're on fire for God. It's like, a, it's a great feeling. We're uh, like overflowing with the Holy spirit. And it, it's a feeling because that, that feeling needs to get us to the point of commitment. And, but when we're at commitment, it's uh it, the feelings will come and go like it, it, any feeling. So that, uh, that's what I, um, I'm thinking. Um, and, and I guess another thing, like, like when, when a baby cries, like the, the, somebody will say, Oh baby, like, what's wrong? How can I help you? Like, how can I help you? But when, uh, when a teenager cries, the person goes, Hey, stop crying. Why are you whining? So different different stages in different people's lives call for different responses, and the not everyone uh, gets treated the same because we're all at different we're all at different places. So I I, I uh, found that interesting. Yeah, um, I I like that. There's times in your life that are spiritually dry. I and I wow, that's I, mean, I can relate. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I think that uh well the the christian like the the adolescent christian will be like like god like i'm praying like i'm 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 angry i'm i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm going to church but like i'm not hearing anything and i just feel like i'm i feel like i'm lost and the mature christian will just stay committed uh and uh one of the things that the pastor said was that God is not here to absolve sin uh, in our lives in this world. Like it's a part of it's it's a part of the human experience, and that's what brings us closer to God um, is our commitment towards Him and our reliance on Him. But there is brokenness in this world, uh, and through that we will we commit um, more to Him. So that makes sense cool
so yeah that that's uh that was my reaction um but yeah i think there are definitely times when i'll i'll be thinking in like a an external thought just like comes into my head and I'll be like, okay that was that felt different that was a little bit different like let's let's lean in on that uh and it, it might be uh, you can think of it like one of two ways you can just say oh thank you like oh i'm crazy probably will or anyway but like the uh it, it, when that thought just keeps coming into my head that's like very external it's very random it's very direct like that's when i start listening the quiet subtle voice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I, I think that god can be direct and loud too like i think yeah well times in my life when he's when he's been like uh yo get get your act together and he's banging pots and pans um <laughs> and he he said matt you you're still an idiot i'm gonna have to make this even louder for you to hear because you continue not to listen uh so i think it, it definitely depends um because uh, we're 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 humans and we're growing so yeah boom love it that was a great way to finish up um uh, well, uh, got another busy week ahead. Um, I personally, I'm, I'm not changing anything in terms of how I'm investing my time and money. Um, investing my time into uh, going out to beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan, and going to spend some time with my girlfriend. Invest, invest there. Um, but nothing, nothing major. Matt, any, any new updates for how you invest the only two resources you have control over? Got this test got my last test for my job so i'm excited to, i'm excited to to study for that and be done with it grab some so dirt. that yeah so that that'll be good uh and uh, i talked about it indirectly but like work's heating up so work is longer but i enjoy it learning a lot or maybe i'm not maybe everything i said about finance today was just wrong um but uh yeah investing time through that money uh i think well i one thing i did do last week i kind of called it like my adult week and i just bit the bullet and i just spent money on things that i needed to spend or invest my money in so um i went to the dentist um okay. dang i got to do that <laughs> I, I went to the dentist i bought I bought a headboard, like like very adult things, and uh, I bought a credit card. Um, you, don't buy, just like, you, don't, you don't buy a credit card; you apply for them. Well, I applied for it, and there's a fee, so I I applied for a higher level credit card, and it's just like I just like bit the bullet. I was just like, okay, my adult week. I got. I also got new socks, got new underwear. I moved that's, my bed that's around. Probably out of everything you mentioned, getting new socks is probably the most adult thing you could. It was just like one of those things. Like, okay, I'm just gonna. I need to do some like adult things right now. I moved my bed. I got the headboard. It hasn't come yet, but I bought a fan. Like, just so many boring things that I could have gone without. 
but just like I, I just needed to do it because it was just like that's it's the adult thing to do so yeah good uh, yeah love it love it mm -hmm. uh, sweet well best of luck with your test coming up this week um thanks i'll be praying for you bro and uh thank you thank you yeah finishing up uh episode 14 Yeah, wow. Already. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh thanks thanks for uh listening in, tuning in and uh yeah. until next week. Yeah, until next week. How you do anything, is how you do everything. So have a good one, gents. Bye.